Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, when you open the door and walk into the office, how many versions of you are walking in with you? Can we really separate all the different parts of our lives? Can the stress of any domestic situation be completely ignored at work? And does it colour how we work? My next guest thinks that we must recognise our past and our internal emotional lives and how they impact our relationships, even those at work. It's great to welcome Gabriella Braun, author of All That We Are, to Down to Business. Good morning, Gabriella. How are you? Good morning, Bobby. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm I'm well and I'm pleased to be here. That's great to hear. And I'm really excited to talk to you. And I want to start about uh, psychoanalysis uh, in the workplace. Um, can you explain to our listeners, if you would, Gabriella, what your definition of psychoanalysis actually is? I will. And uh, as you say, it's it's using psychoanalysis in the workplace. So this is not about clinically analysing anyone. I'm sure your listeners will be pleased to hear that. <laughs> but it is about applying the huge amount of theory and knowledge of psychoanalysis. And one of the key things about it is taking on board that we have an unconscious and that that unconscious is with us all the time, and it affects how we are, including at the workplace, and that our our past, the imprints of our past, don't leave us just because we go to work, and neither do our lives. Could I summarise it by saying it's about understanding the influence of our unconscious mind in the workplace? Would that be a fair summary of, 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 of what we're talking about here? It would be perfect. Right. So then my next question is, how interested should one's employer be in one's out-of-work life? Good question. Um, I, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I don't think that the employer needs to take a huge interest in one's out-of-work life, but what I think the employer needs to do, and most of mostly we haven't been good at that. I think the employer needs to be better generally at taking an interest in their employees. And that includes how we're faring, how we're doing. So that might mean having check-ins with teams, how are you? And somebody might just say, actually, I'm worried because my mum's ill, or I'm worried because my child's ill. It's that kind of interest about what's happening in our lives generally, rather than, now tell me all about your upbringing and what you did last night. And that would be intrusive. It's not that. Okay. It's caring about us generally as people. Okay. So if you look back over, I suppose, the workplace, we spent years dehumanising the workplace, as you point out in the book, uh, mainly to increase productivity and indeed profit. In your view, do we need to reverse this? In my view, we've gone horribly wrong. And actually, we know that in the, certainly in the UK, I don't know what it's like in Ireland, but productivity is pretty poor in the UK. 
and engagement levels are very poor in the UK. So I think our drive for efficiency has gone a bit mad and we need to reverse it in the sense of not that we don't care about productivity at all. Of course, we must care, but we need to rehumanize or start to humanize the workplace, make it a place that people can thrive. And if we thrive, our work will thrive and our engagement and productivity will actually increase. But doesn't that go against the fact that, you know, huge automation in the workplace the introduction of, you know, really, really complex systems, do they not create by their nature a burnout culture that affects us humanoids? I think they probably do. And I think it's one of the things we have to be very aware of. So automation can help because it can reserve some of the incredibly tedious tasks for the automation mated parts and leaves the humanoids to do the more creative things at times. But we have to be aware that they can keep on driving and driving and driving till we burn out. But of course, we humans are setting that up. We've been setting that up for a long time. We almost take it as a given now that if you're going to be successful, of course, you'll be burnt out at some point. Yeah. But that, why? Why? Yeah, exactly. Why there? Why go there when essentially yeah. there's no need? If we look exactly. at the purpose of work, obviously, you know, one would say it's, you know, to provide an income, it's to provide a livelihood for one's dependents. But is it also not about providing an outlet for our intelligence and indeed our skills? Do we forget that sometimes? I think we do forget that. And I think work is exactly about that as well. It's an outlet. It's a very healthy outlet for our intelligence and skills. It's also very social. You know, we generally work with people. And so that's also a very important part of the workplace that I think can be forgotten at times. The, the sense of belonging, the sense of identity, the sense of camaraderie. Yeah. They all help the work and they all help our individual and collective sense of well-being. So in your view then, um, you know, rather than embracing uh, psychoanalysis in, in the workplace, um, do some employers, I think as you say in the book, opt for things like easy tips and slick tools and formulas to solve our workplace problems and psychometric testing uh, that reveals our personality type. It, that's only kind of dancing around the corners of all this, isn't it? That's a lovely way of putting it. Yes, exactly that. It's dancing around the corners. I think we're fearful of really understanding human nature because as human beings, we're complex beings. We all have pulls within us. You know, we get into conflict with others, but we're also in conflict internally. We have a drive towards destructiveness as well as a drive towards constructiveness. They oppose each other. And I think we're quite scared of knowing the complexity and the difficulties of human nature. And also it takes time. So we opt for these slick, quick tricks but they're exactly, as you say, dancing around the corners. Finally, can I ask you, Gabriella, about uh, some maybe advice that you might give 
uh, to to employers out there around bringing uh, psychoanalysis in a workable way into a business? Where would one start? What are things that one might do to embrace this journey? I think where one would start, one you don't have to necessarily think, oh, I'm, I'm now psychoanalytically thinking about my workplace. But I think the place to start is, one, take human nature seriously. Two, recognise that it's complicated. With we all, We're not coherent. We have different parts. Three, think about that in yourself and all the different conflicting, complicated parts you bring into the workplace. Four, make space with your teams as an employer to think about and check in with them as human beings and create, really take efforts to create more human cultures, bearing in mind that things happen unconsciously as well as consciously. We're irrational as well as rational. All those things are going on. And I think if you do that, that's a good starting place. And it might take time, but I think it will save time in other ways. You know, if you get employees engaged, you save a lot of other time. You retain them better, for example. So I think it's worth reprioritizing some of the way you spend your time as an employer. Listen, it's a fascinating subject. I could talk to you all day, Gabriella. Gabriella Braun, author of All That We Are. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us this morning on Down to Business. Thank you very much. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.